0: Good morning everyone. We are going to continue with our soul care series and today we're going to be speaking with specifically dealing with healing hurts. Now the entire series goes deep in for all of us and it sometimes it goes really deep and this morning will be no exception because we must begin with the understanding that first of all All of us have been hurt. That is the assumption. Everybody in some way, shape, or form in our lives have been hurt by somebody else, something they have done, something they have said, or maybe perhaps we've been the perpetrators of it, and now we live with the guilt and the shame of it, and sometimes it's nobody. It's just life. It's cancer. It's loss. It's grief. In some way, shape, or form, all of us have experienced some level of grief. But our message this morning isn't about grief, but healing from hurt. That's the key. Because if we don't heal from those initial hurts, then the problem becomes bigger over time, can become worse and more acrotic and more compounded. We're talking about a lot of touchy-feely things here and sort of the metaphysical things. So how can we describe it in an illustrative way in a physical sense? It begins like this. When I grew up as a child, I had to take a lot of responsibilities, not like a lot of responsibilities, but there was responsibilities put on us, and it was good. We just learned how to you know, take part and sharing responsibilities around the house. And one of my jobs was cutting the lawn, and I cut a lot of lawn. I cut the lawn for the house. I cut the lawn at the cabin. I cut my grandma's lawn, and the old Millers Church way back 5,000 years ago, it's now Hope City, but way back, even before they even had portables on the old site, they had an enormous lawn out there, and it would take me hours to cut it on a driving lawnmower. But I was okay with it, I loved cutting lawn. I was good at it, I was responsible, I was conscientious about it, and it was also safe. Save one notable experience. I, uh, it probably would be best to do it through a forensic lens. It begins with me being 13 years old. I want to play with my friends. I'd I have to cut the lawn first, but I'm in a hurry. Strike one. As I'm cutting the lawn quickly, I'm making it clog too many times and every time we clog the lawn more in the chute, and the side bag, you have to turn the lawnmower off. But to save time, I just turned it down to idle and not turn it off completely. I compromised safety, strike two. And then when I reached in with my left hand into the chute to pull out some extra grass, I assumed the lawnmower blade was a lot further away than it was. Strike three. You know, in truth, it wasn't. it only hit my hand maybe two or three times. But... In my humble opinion, that's more than sufficient to wreck a perfectly good day. It was like as if I was hit by a bolt of lightning. I sat up so fast, it was like there was no time that passed. And I had my left hand against my abdomen and my right hand was over top of it. And I couldn't see my hand, but it it was clear that I needed some medical help. And I wanted to cry. But I couldn't, it was way beyond that point. I went into wild panic and the pain was radiating up my arm and it, was, it hurt so much, I couldn't really even feel my fingers. I can't see them and I can't feel them. This was a problem for me. So I looked up in the sky with my eyes dry but my heart filled with sincerity. And I said to the Lord, please, please, please. And I meant this, when I look at my left hand, may there be five fingers on my hand, please, please, please. Oh, I was so sincere, I was losing my mind. I, I couldn't feel my fingers. And I, I looked down and I didn't want to look, but I eventually found the courage to finally look. I had five fingers on my hand, I was elated. You would have thought I should have been full of panic. I wasn't. I sprung up to my feet like as if an ocean of chains fell off of me. There was hope in my heart. Urgency, too, for sure. But I knew I didn't have a lifelong disability. It was just something that needed a little bit of help right now. So I come bounding into the house to get my mom's help and tell her the good news. She, uh, she didn't quite agree with me, and her response was completely alien to mine. To make a long story short, we eventually, I mean eventually, made it to the hospital, but there was a humorous part of me. What I should have done with the, the attendant there at the ER, what I should have said to him was, you know what, can you please triage my mother as a priority? She's a train wreck. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm not handling this very well right now. She just kept on saying that it was fun. Not really, but it was a funny moment. The fact was, though, it wasn't that bad. A couple of stitches cleaned me up, and I'm on my way home. And I thought I could handle it. It was trauma. But I did pretty good. Or did I? Because time and healing weren't on my side. I got a condition called cellulitis. It's an infection. It's the same bacteria that can give you strep throat or staph infection. Either way, whatever it was, either within the stitching or on top of the surface, it caused an infection that was more concerning just in my fingertips. It started to take over my hand and it was threatening my arm. It was awful. It took weeks of recovery and it was as unsightly and as painful, more painful than anything I experienced beside that lawnmower. I eventually recovered My hand is great, thank you the Lord. But I have learned from readings about cellulitis and personal experience that once you have it, it doesn't necessarily go away. It has a way of coming back. At the age of 24, 12 years later, I find myself in the hospital for several days having intravenous infusions of antibiotics from a little scratch. Now, I sometimes get cut, and I've had other stitches, and I didn't get sick. But every once in a while, it goes sideways. And as recent as 2013, while working in Banff, a a work-related issue that I didn't even know was an injury, but the cellulitis found it. And there I am again in the ER, day after day after day, in Banff, receiving intravenous biotics. It's 40 years ago, and that threat, of cellulitis, is always there. I've healed, but have I really healed? I need Jesus Christ's healing hand to remove that plague from my body, and then I will be completely free from that incident. I'm still, in some ways, that 13-year-old kid beside that lawnmower. I'm not talking about myself, really. I'm talking about you now. Perhaps there is something in that story that rings true to the real you. Somewhere behind those eyes that you see reflective in that image in the mirror, the real you, that real beautiful you, you've been hurt and you've never really healed. Some of us carry those hurts like right in front of us. They're always big. They absorb our lives. They're right there. That trauma was so terrific, so horrific that you can't, like on a daily basis, you're living with it. I got news for you Christ can set you free. For some of us, it's just over here. It's not always present, but it's it kind of comes back to haunt us. All of a sudden we act out really negatively and over the smallest thing, but it has something to do with something way back when that you never really properly healed. And for some of us, we're sitting here going, I actually have no hurts. That's the most dangerous one. You You have had injury, but now you've buried them so far in the past, you're not even aware of them anymore. This is extremely dangerous. On April 26, 1986, in a Ukrainian area in Chernobyl, there was an incident there. The world's worst nuclear accident occurred. Three tons of uranium-235 was immediately exposed to the atmosphere, releasing at its zenith enough radioactive material every hour to be the equivalent of two Hiroshima bombs. Every hour, every day, and if it was not going to be contained, it was going to contaminate the entire continent. So what do you do? Well, you try to put it out with water, but you can't. It's so hot that it vaporizes water way before it even gets to it, no matter how much water you put on that. Think about that for a second. So how do, you, how do you deal with it? They put on thousands upon thousands of tons of boron and sand on it at the lives of many people, cost of lives of many people. They eventually put out the fire, but it was still burning and now it was getting hotter. The contamination was so bad that they have a 30-mile exclusion zone that still occurs today all around that site. And some of those areas will not be inhabitable for hundreds of years to come. And the contamination that they're trying to still conceal is still alive and still active. It is an engineering marvel. you got to look at it. If you're any kind of a tech guru or you like construction, this is a cool thing to watch. They built this multi-billion dollar shield. They call it a sarcophagus that encases the entire site. And it's meant to keep down the radiation for 100 years. An incredible engineering feat. The only problem is that those dangerous nuclei material is still dangerous for the next 50,000 years. You can bury stuff behind you, but it doesn't necessarily go away. I know what some of you are thinking. Wow, you're an amazingly depressing person, Harv. I appreciate you preaching right now. I've got good news for you. We're at the bottom now is Very upward sailing because Jesus Christ has come to set us free. Amen. In fact, we have this verse, if we can pull it up, it says this, and it's in front of us I have come, well, let's have to back up one. I have come that you might have life and have it in its fullness. How awesome is that? God doesn't just want you to survive, He wants you to thrive. It is his plan for us, you and I, even though we've been hurt, we can be healed and we can thrive. That's what this message is all about. I think what Dr. Reimer says in his book, inner wounds that cause our baggage will stop. In chapter 5, when you read through it, the author kind of bounces back and forth here, there, and everywhere with personal stories and ministry stories And there's three central themes that come out of that reading that you will find. Three critical truths for you and I to find permanent healing in Jesus Christ. And the first one is this. Start talking to him. Start having a conversation with the Lord. The very, very first verse that we have is this in Psalms 18.6. We just have to just wait for a second. I'll just read it for you. Is it on the screen? Okay, perfect. Okay, I see. I'm I'm getting mixed up. I'm looking at the yellow one. Now i got it figured out. Never mind. I got it all figured out. Number one is this. It's a chronological order of how things can occur in our lives as we have this dialogue with God. As we reach out to him, we'll be able to concur with what this verse says. In my distress, I call to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Probably some of the reasons why we don't talk to people about the things that are in us is that we don't think we're valuable enough to be listened to. I want you to listen to this. God wants to hear you. You are important to be listened to. You can come to him and he will listen to you. This is really important. He sees you, and he wants to know you, and he wants to stand beside you. We hear about it, but do we really believe it inside of us? If we do, let's reach out to him, because if we do, we find his reaction to us in Psalms 34, and it says this, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. That's not for David, it's for you. We talk to the Lord, He answers us, and He delivers us. That's how it works. And some of you are saying, well, that hasn't happened in my life yet. Keep Pressing into the Lord. Don't give up. It's another message in itself. And as we walk with God and talk with Him on a daily basis, in the high times and especially in the low times, we will see Him work in our lives again and again with all these weird coincidences that never happen until we start talking to Him and we see His hand in our lives and we grow closer to Him. It's even more than healing. We come into a deeper understanding of who God is. And And that is the end goal. And we get to that in Psalms 116. And it says this, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ears to me, I will call on him as long as I live. That's the end result. In Christ Jesus, no matter how dark it is, there's always a silver lining, always a silver lining. He can take bad things and turn them around and make them into a positive conclusion. Do you hear that? We can go through hurts, but he can heal us and set us free. I like this, what is said by your author on page 158. It actually threw me off first when I read it, but listen to it completely. God isn't interested in fixing us. I'm like, then why are we reading this chapter in the first place? But hang on. He wants a relationship with us. The truth is, if he fixed us, some of us would walk away from any meaningful and dependent relationship with him because the urgency would be gone. It is in relationship that we find healing. Our goal should not be to feel better. Our goal should be to know and be like Jesus. As we get to know and become more like him, our souls will be healthier and that will bring its own reward. We have to understand that the process of healing and drawing Jesus Christ closer is literally the same thing. If I am going to be healed inside, I will be closer to Jesus Christ. If I'm not going to be healed All this be simply further away from him. The process of healing begins in that continuous talking with the Lord. Something we need to culture every day. The other thing that comes out is point number two, and it's this. Keep talking to each other. James 5.16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In its context, James is talking about specifically about physical healing. But the fact is that the physical and the metaphysical, that is our... All the feelings that we have, they're all wrapped together. There's plenty of evidence that if we don't have a healthy attitude, it can affect our health. So there is a very direct correlation between physical healing and inner healing. As we talk and confess with one another and be open with each other, we receive healing. We need the Lord, and we actually need each other at the same time. This is important. That's why it's called the body of Christ. You can't just be an I and think that's good enough, and then there's a part of the of the church it's the arm they are unrelated we need each other especially with things in this nature we need to be open also it says this in Ephesians 4 be kind to one another compassionate forgive each other just as God in Christ forgave us perhaps the most important thing for us if we have been hurt by somebody else the very very first step is to get ourselves in a position where we can forgive them. It is such an important point that last week's message was completely dedicated to that. And I would ask you, in review, to listen to a most excellent message that was spoken last week by Pastor Marlowe. An excellent, powerful message in how we can live in the power of God, how we forgive even if we don't feel it in the very beginning. And that we can forgive people even if we don't have the opportunity to even tell them because they're gone or somewhere else or it's just impossible to speak with them. But you can still forgive them in your heart and you're set free. It is important to do so. And not only if you're the one that's been hurt, but even if you're the one that has been the perpetrator of hurt, the guilt and the shame that comes with what you've done and you've not owned up to it, you're in prison. You need to be set free. You may say, Well, I don't deserve it. Well, the fact is, what do any of us deserve? Don't let that stop you. God's grace never says that. He says, Come to me. He's bigger than those problems. And if we need it, regardless on either side of it, we need to be engaging in making things right. Last week, we were hearing the story of Corrie ten Boom, who was mercilessly hurt in a concentration camp, lost her family. I think she was the only survivor in her family. A terrible, terrible event. And she had to come to a place in her heart to forgive those Nazi um, soldiers and guards that were there in that internment camp that it tormented them and destroyed their lives. Years and years later, as if you go back and listen to the message, or if you go through Alpha program, you actually hear her audio story about the same thing. She remembers seeing at the end of the service this familiar face coming towards her, and it was one of those guards. It was the guard that came to her to ask for forgiveness. He came. His life was somewhere transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, but he needed to make it right, and he sought her out. He didn't deserve it, but he came to her and said, will you forgive me? And she told him, it is impossible for me to forgive you, but Christ in me, I forgive you and I love you, brother. She was healed, and so was he at the same time. How awesome is that? And if it's not even a matter of forgiving or being forgiving, it's really important to be able to talk to somebody. It really is to carry those burdens. It is important to find somebody who doesn't talk quickly, but listens quickly. Otherwise, it's just going to make it worse for some strange reason. Find someone that loves you and is willing to engage with you. And allow that poison to come out because you are worth listening to. One of the stories that our author gave us, almost brought me to tears, was this story about his grandmother. Loved her grandmother, godly woman, but her life was filled with fear. And he couldn't figure it out. But she kept on talking from time to time about that bad man, which was her stepfather. She's almost 90 years of age. And in a moment of vulnerability and willing to listen to his grandmother, he said, Nana, why do you always keep on saying that bad man? Why is he a bad man? And she said, well, he's a bad man. No, no, Nana, really, why did he hurt you? And then she opened up and talked about the sexual abuse that she had occurred 80 years previously, which she never told anybody the poison, all that radioactive material had finally a chance to be dealt with supernaturally. As they talked it out and brought it before the Lord, this woman near the age of 90 finally took the past and brought it forward with the help of someone who is willing to listen so they can be healed. We need to keep talking, keep talking to the Lord, and keep talking with each other. Amen? I didn't hear an amen. There we go. But probably the most important point of all, the one that is the bullseye of everything, is that we need to keep close to the heart of God. That is our third point. Only in Jesus Christ are we actually truly healed. This is an important point. If there's anything that Dr. Rob Reimer gets right, he gets this one down. He gets five gold stars for this because I counted no less than 17 times in his chapter that Jesus heals, or only God can heal the soul, or only Jesus can heal. Or he says this, I have nothing, Jesus is the healer. He's got it right. No amount of anything else that we can possibly do can ever substitute or supplement the grace of God. His grace is sufficient. It was taken care for us on the cross of Christ. And this is ground zero for us in this message. It is these words in Isaiah chapter 53, and it says this. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we consider him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. A healing, first of all, in our relationship, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ so that we can become the children of God, that we can be with him in heaven. All our sins, that past, all those transgressions, they're nailed to the cross and they're dead. And we live a new life in Jesus' name. We have a spiritual renewal. And his crushed body also offers us physical healing, but it also offers us emotional healing at the same time. It was all taken care of on the cross of Christ. That is the most powerful thing. Jesus is the healer, and that's it. And as long as you and I can remember that and come to him with our troubles, he will meet with us because he's got it already licked. He's already got it smoked. It's already behind him because it's there on the cross, and it's there to stay. That's the important thing. Mark chapter 6 says this, and I should put the word they in there, and they begged him just to let them touch the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. Christ finished working the cross, does it all for us. All we need to do is come to him. Pastor Marl is leading the council through, we kind of have sometimes a sort of a Bible study moment in the beginning. We're going through a book that's dealing with abiding in the presence of God. And there's one verse that stuck out to me in our last chapter that has to be fundamentally critical to this and everything else that we can possibly do. And it's the words of Jesus, and it says this in John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, He, it is, that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't do anything except manage things, bury things, ignore them. But in Christ's power, he takes care of it and sweeps it away. I can't do anything, but in Christ's power, you can move mountains. It's nothing or everything. And the everything part of it is on the side of Christ. My friends, you have victory today, even for those deep things inside of you. I think that's good news. In fact, it's so good, we're going to conclude right now and have a little bit of fun. This is what we're going to conclude with and answer this question. What is the result of Jesus' total healing? The first one is, you grow stronger and faster. I don't know about you, but it dates me But one of my favorite TV shows was Steve Austin, The Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, I loved how that show began. And there he is. He's busted. He crashed out from outer space, and he's laying on the, laying on the gurney. He's almost dead. And they come by, and they say we can rebuild him. I eat that stuff up alive. It's awesome. And the fact is, that is exactly what Christ does for us. Like I said, it's just an upward climb. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says this, but they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. As we spend time, time in the presence of the Lord, your soul doesn't just simply heal. You grow stronger and faster as we walk closer to the heart of God. What's next? What else happens when we heal? We become wiser. James 1 verse 2 and 5 says this, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And it ends by coming to this conclusion. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all who find without finding fault. And it will be given to you. When we go through difficulties, many times we say, why? Why is this happening to me? And they're legitimate questions. But when we ask for God for wisdom, we say, Lord, what? What? What is the reason why I'm going through this? What, Lord, do you want me to do to respond to this that I can heal, Lord, and give you glory through my life? Asking that what question will be answered, and you'll grow in your wisdom. And when people go through things, there'll be a depth of character and understanding and knowledge inside of you that you can't get from university. It is a wisdom that comes from God, birthed by experience and by his presence abiding in your life. Faster, stronger, wiser, and I really like this last one. We also receive victory, a crown of beauty. Crown of beauty. Interesting. You see, there is a correlation between being victorious and devastatingly handsome at the same time. I'm not sure why it is that way, but those who are victorious, there's a sense of beauty about them. Look at your current day modern heroes those comic heroes. Who's the good-looking one? It's the hero, James Bond. I don't get it. The guy is always immaculate. No matter what happens, no matter how many explosions or bullets or fight, his hair is slick, and his Giorgio Armani suit is perfect. He goes to the next scene, and he has a completely different wardrobe, and it's awesome. Why? Because he's the superhero. He's the victor. And that is what we are in Christ. Listen to this. It says this. He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, a a festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his glory, for his glory. It's the beauty of Christ inside our souls. It's Christ's victory inside our souls that's being reflective. It's not vanity. It's not going to be on a magazine, but it's going to be internally, immutably, indestructibly beautiful. It's the very presence and reflection of Christ in our lives, that will be radiant to those around us. How can you possibly recover from what you've gone through? They will see Jesus Christ in you and me. That's the end game, the beauty of Christ inside of us. Romans 8, 37, know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. I had the words of this song going through my head. It's an old, old hymn. And it goes like this something beautiful something good all my confusion he understood all i had to offer him was brokenness and strife but he made something beautiful of my life and yours too let's pray lord thank you so much for your word We thank you, Lord, for your encouragement of your word. And we come before you, Lord, with weakness, knowing, Lord, that we can't do it, but you can. Lord, we pray for people who are going through deep, set hurts and experiences. I thank you, Lord, that you are here to heal and to comfort and bring them through the process of healing in the days to come. May that start now, today, in Jesus' name. Lord, may you have all the glory all the praise. Help us as a church family, Lord, as a church family to really bond. Give us unity, Lord, so that we may love one another, that we may know one another, that we can support one another, Lord Jesus. It is As we go through this life, that we would be unified so that we can support each other in love as we walk towards you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace Thank you for this church. Thank you for every life that's here, that's present, and now also watching online. And we pray we'd walk in your victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.